the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's called Glory Progression. It's what we're looking at here today on Times of Refreshing. Join us. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, we have glory's progression, and it all culminates in Christ. Hi there. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We're continuing our series called His Glory, and today we find ourselves once again back in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Something that Pastor Napoleon Kaufman has called glory progression. And again, it culminates in Christ. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's broadcast. Join us. I don't want to just go to church. I want to be changed. Can I have an amen, y'all? I want God to change me. Well, he's going to change me by me constantly beholding him. God removed the veil. And let us see your glory. And as we see your glory, we're looking in the mirror. And as we see your glory, we begin to be transformed by your glory. And then we go from glory to glory. From revelation to revelation. We start to go to this new level. And that's what God's trying to do. And so in this church, yes, we're going to get in your business. Yes, we're going to hold you accountable. Yes, we're going to ask you questions. Yes, we, and, the, and the goal is, we're not, I, don't, I mean, we're not busybodies. We don't have time to be, but we're looking at people and saying, is this person becoming more like Jesus? Are they growing? And growing doesn't mean they're prophesying and casting out devils. That's part of it. Growing means, man, are they displaying the character and nature of Christ? Can I have an amen? Are they becoming more like him? Are they doing what he would do in that moment? Are they losing themselves so they can gain themselves in him? That's what Christianity is about. It's not just about going to church and knowing traditions and and singing the songs. It's, man, God is breaking me down, but he's building me up, and I'm becoming strong in him and powerful in him, and I feel the anointing of God on me, and now I know it's just not me, but greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives on the inside of me. And now something is happening, and people see your life. I say, man, what happened to them? Man, they just keep on looking at Jesus, and then as they keep looking on Jesus, they start becoming like him. And this is a part of it, transformation. I want our church to be filled with people who have been transformed. And I love looking around here. And, and some of you, I know your testimony. And I know how you walked in the door. And I see you now and I say, my goodness, look at God. They look like little Jesuses running around here. 
Can I have an amen? They really being transformed up in here, up in here. I love that's what brings me joy. To see, man, look at them, man. They really are walking with Jesus. They're becoming more like the Lord. And you can't do that. This isn't something, that's why being a pastor, you you have to have long suffering. Because it takes time to see people grow. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's the problem with us. We want to just pop a pill and have, poof, I'm, I'm more like Jesus. No. It takes time. And God works on you. And as a pastor, you have long suffering. You watch a person go through the process and they fall down, bump their head. Then they get up and then, and then something happens. And then you see them get up again and then they just keep going. And then, and then a, a year goes by and they fall again and then they get up and then two years go by. And then you, you look up and then they're not cussing anymore. They're not acting crazy anymore. And they, they're off drugs, and now they're, now they're really walking with God. And then you look at their marriages, and you look at their families, and you say, wow, look at what happened to them. That's the joy of it. And then you get it, and that's what should happen in the church, where people start seeing people getting transformed. Are they perfect? No, because you're still on the potter's wheel. God's still working on you, but you see transformation taking place. And that's the sign that your faith is authentic. And that your conversion is real. That you start seeing people. It's one thing to say, I walk with Jesus. It's another thing to actually do it. And so for us as the saints of God, transformation is a part of what we should constantly be seeing here. And that is a manifestation of the glory of God in our church. That's a manifestation of the glory of God. When we start seeing more people become like Jesus, we put Jesus first, transformation comes second. Here comes people's transformations. You look up and you say, man, how's your church doing? Man, it's doing great. How do you know? Because I see people's lives being changed. I see the glory of God. Are you the most popular? No. Are you the biggest? No. Are you this? You have the most money? No. But I see people's lives changed. And there's, there's no matter of value that you can place on that. When you see whole families changed and then people becoming more like the Lord. Can I have an amen? And so we want transformation. This is the next step in the progression with God when it comes to his glory Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's look at verses 17. Look at verses 4 on down to 11. Because I want transformation, but I also want manifestation. I want manifestation. When the glory of God is being revealed in your midst, you're going to see the manifestation of his person. And not in just in terms of how he's changing you, but how he demonstrates his power in your midst. We want an active God to be clearly present and evident in our midst. This is a part of the glory. And he has no problem with walking through the, the aisles and doing things in our midst that are dynamic and powerful. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 4 on down to 11. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Somebody say profit of all. And so what we have to see here is that the manifestation of God's Spirit in our midst is a part of God revealing His glory to us. It's a part of God revealing His glory to us. We've magnified Jesus. We see transformation taking place in people's lives. Now we want manifestation. And God sent forth His Spirit to manifest the glory of God and to reveal His person in our midst, not only just to us, but also through us. And He talks about the diversity of gifts. That God begins to pass out gifts and he begins to manifest himself in our midst. Well, we, this should be the expectation in our lives. That this is what God wants to do in our churches. He wants to do in our personal lives. And then he gets specific. He says here that, that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. He says for the profit of all. So it's a benefit. It's a profit to everybody in the church. And we have to also see that this isn't something that becomes a, uh, a um, it should never become a pride issue or an arrogance issue. We should never compare ourselves to, to ourselves and, and, and compete with ourselves. Everybody has their different gift. Everybody has their different anointing. Everybody has their different, you know, whatever God has placed in your life. And we don't measure ourselves by ourselves or compare ourselves unto ourselves. We just find out, what is God doing with me? I don't want to be like this preacher or that preacher. If, they live in, if they're living in good character and they love God and doing what's right, I want to emulate that all day. But their lives, but their gifts, and that's somebody else's. God, help me to find my gift mix. Help me to understand how you've designed me and fashioned me. And when I become the best me that I can become by the grace of God, then I'm fulfilling my purpose in life. But if I'm trying to just mimic somebody else's gift and their talents and ability, I'll never, begin the, I'll never become the, the, the fullness of who God has created me to be. And therefore, at the end, I will have been a failure. God wants me to be the best me. I want to find my gifts. And I'm not going to be jealous of somebody else's gifts or somebody else's talents or how God is blessing them. And then I'm also going to keep in mind that if God wants to use me, he knows where to find me. Can I have an amen? I don't have to push and prod and, and try to compete and tear somebody else down and, and get jealous and envious of somebody else. God knows how to find me. And if he wants to use me, he can pull me out of a pit. He can put me in Potiphar's house. He can put me in the prison. And then he can put me in the palace. And then when it's all said and done, I just want to be where God wants me to be at that moment. Can I have an amen? And we got to get this in our spirit. Because jealousy begins to creep up in the church. Because people aren't secure in who they are. And just enjoying who they are. They're constantly looking at what somebody else is doing. There's no need for it. It's a waste of time. If you do what, they, what they're doing and God never called you to do it, then you've just wasted your time. You may have looked good to man, but you wasted your time before God. But God wants to manifest himself. And when we become authentically authentic, then God turns around and says, ah. Because 
listen, saints, there's nobody like you. There's nobody like you. God created you to be you. And he's, there's nobody else like you. Every single one of you is unique. Just like all the hairs on your head, all of them are unique. All those millions and millions of hairs on your head. Well, some of y'all. <laughs> Who am I to be talking? The ones I used to have were unique. And just for you, you're unique. And there's to be a sense of, yeah, I am who God has called me to be. And he's going to utilize my talents and ability in the church to be a blessing. And it's going to be unique for me. And, And I have to be excited about that. Sometimes I go back and I watch these videos and I, my wife will tell you, I'm amazed. I'm like, I can't believe that's me preaching. I can't believe that. Why did I just say that? And I find myself like talking to myself like, dude, what are you doing? That was stupid. Why'd you say that? It's fun to me because I'm like, that's God takes your vessel and he pours you out and he uses you and you, your personality, who you are, if you like to laugh, all that he uses that. And then people look up and, and you guys just know that's just pastor. And it's the same thing with you. When I see you guys speaking, or I see you guys around. It's like, that's you. And so we want to embrace that. And so here he says there are diversities of gifts. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the profit of all. You being the best you with the diversity that you have, it's a blessing to everybody around you. That's why stuff like, it's amazing. I like how he uses the word, the diversity, because that's what makes the kingdom of God so powerful is that God will take people from different ethnic backgrounds and he'll mesh them together. And your differences make the strength of the church and you look around you say wow look at all these people from different ethnic backgrounds and you see them and they're together and they're all unified with one cause and that's to glorify God and get to know God and then God takes them and he does what he does in their lives and it's the same thing in the church with the church when it comes to giftings and so he says here look what he says he says here And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each for the profit, to each one for the profit of all. Look at verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom, which is a spiritual gift that God gives to people. God causes us to tap into his mind to access the wisdom that comes from his throne. And then he dispenses this wisdom through a person to help a person to keep in track, to stay in tune and in track with God's purposes for that person's life. It's how to rightly apply knowledge that you've received. I may hear something that sounds good, but now I need the wisdom to, to, to place it in its right context and use it the right way so that God would be glorified. Supernaturally revealed information God gives The word of wisdom. He says to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. So now the spirit of God begins to manifest his glory through releasing words of knowledge. And that is supernaturally revealed information about a person, about a thing, about a place, about a situation. God just shares what he knows because he's omniscient. 
He knows everything. He shares a sliver of his omniscience with us so that we can stay in tune and in track with this person. It's a word of knowledge. It's supernaturally revealed information. He says here in verse 9, to another faith by the Spirit. He says by the same Spirit. Now all of us have, have, have been given the measure of faith. But he's not just talking about the measure of faith here. He's talking about the gift of faith. When God suspends all doubt and unbelief in your life for a moment of time to achieve a specific goal. Peter looks and he says, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. All unbelief was suspended. And the gift of faith was operated and immediately, boom, this man receives a miracle in his life. And you see the power of that. So God gives us and places us in those moments where, where our faith, the gift of faith comes over us and all unbelief is suspended. He says in verse 9, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Some people God has given through the manifestation of the Spirit, which is a revelation of God's glory. He gives people the ability to pray about certain things, and God heals them when it comes to, when it comes to healing. Certain diseases and sicknesses. Some people just have faith, and they just have the gift of healing in this area, and they lay hands, and something powerful happens because of, because of God using and flowing through them. He says gifts of healings. So there's different, there's different forms and different uh, expressions and manifestations when it comes to the gifts of healing. God begins to use people just to heal cancer by laying on of hands. He uses other people to, to heal diabetes by the laying on of hands. And this is how God operates. And so this is the manifestation of the Spirit. And woe be it to any church that says that this isn't for today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen? I, I thank God it is for today. That God still does these things today and he will continue to do these things. It's the inheritance of the church for God to move in our lives like this. Can I have an amen? He says here, he says in verse 10, to another the working of miracles. The working of miracles. And these are the suddenlies in our lives. When God does something immediately and suddenly in our lives in terms of, of miracles. He says here, he says in verse 10, to another prophecy. We talk about the prophetic. We prophesy in this church. We've been prophesying in this church since the, even before the church was started. We've been prophesying all over the world. And we see God releasing prophetic words through this church, and it's a blessing. Now, 15 years into this, we have prophetic. We have a whole team. We have the school of the prophets. We have a prophetic institute here at the church. And so we've been prophesying and ministering to people for years. God, who is the God who sits outside of time. He's not limited by time, space, or travel. He sits outside of time. And he's not only in your past, he's in your presence. God knows your future because he sits outside of time, beholding time. And because he's beholding time, he knows what's coming into your life 10 years from now. So he causes people to tap into his omniscience to give you a sliver of revelation concerning something that is coming down the line in your life that you don't know about yet. 
And what does it do? It inspires you. It gives you hope. It encourages you. And it strengthens you. So as you continue to live on, you run into something that God had prophesied. This church and the ministry that we have here have been prophesied three or four years. I think it was four years before we planted this church. It, it was prophesied this church would be here. Do you know that it was prophesied in this valley by that same person that prophesied to me about this church that there was going to be somebody that was going to come to this area? This was a prophetic word that came forth like in 1995. We planted our church in 2003. It was a prophetic word that came forth that said somebody was going to retire from professional sports and was going to plant a church in this area. And the church was going to, was going to, God was going to use the church and people were going to get saved and get filled with the Holy Spirit. And there was going to be a move of God that was going to come forth from the church. And I had no idea about it. But one day, one of my preacher friends came to me. He said, hey, man, he says, you don't even know this, but you were prophesied about way back in 95. And you don't even know about it, do you? I said, no, what are you talking about? And he tells me the story. There was a prophet. We got the video. And another person that was there told me too. We got, we got the tape that, that somebody from the, from the Raiders was going to retire and plant a church out here and blah, blah. I said, what? <laughs> Whoa. Are you serious? He said, Pastor, I'm telling you, you're not going to believe this. I was in the service. I said, <laughs> but God. This is what happens when the prophetic goes forth because this is how God operates. And so I look up and I'm just being obedient. And then somebody else tells me, hey, listen, you don't even know you were spoken about before you even got here. He says, now look what he says here. He says, to another discerning of spirits. To another discerning of spirits. God supernaturally gives you the ability to discern or distinguish between good spirits and bad spirits in your life. Okay, now this isn't judging people or suspicion. Because some of y'all are suspicious and you just, you're calling it this gift of, of discernment. But no, you always been suspicious. <laughs> you came out the womb suspicious. Everything. You better watch them. You better look out. Stop judging people and thinking everybody's got a demon. Because this is, this is the thing. Discerning of spirits gives you the ability to see spirits. That means good spirits and, and bad spirits. So you're able to see the spirit of God on somebody. And you're able to see. If the only thing you keep on talking about is demons, then you may have one. That won't let you see straight. Can I have an amen up in this place? If that's the only thing you can see. We can't even go to church and have a good time because you done seen every demon in the building. <clears throat> you saw him in the cafe. You saw him when we were in the church. We saw him in the children's church. Can we just enjoy the service? <laughs> Can I have an amen, y'all? Discerning of spirits. We should be able to see good and bad. Just got to correct some of that up in here. He says to another, different kinds of tongues. All right? 
So we believe in glossolalia. We believe in people speaking in an unknown tongue as the Spirit of God gives them utterance. It's biblical. It didn't go away. Apostle Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. But in the church, he understood there had to be order in the church. Here at the church, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in people speaking in tongues. We're not flipping out. You guys see here, we're not crazy. You know, we tell people, hey, listen, if you, if you have, you're going to speak in tongues, you have an interpretation of tongues, then go for it in the mic. But if you don't have an interpretation of tongues, then speak to yourself and to God. Don't hijack the church speaking in tongues and nobody knows what you're saying. You may be getting blessed, the Apostle Paul said, but nobody else is edified. We want everybody to be edified, amen? And so we don't think it's crazy. It's a lifestyle. You know, it's a life what God has done. But what we, what we do is we want to have classy Christianity. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.